Dear Russia, it's uh, wonderful to see you again, and thank you for this opportunity to speak with you um, about the enduring work uh, of Al-Nahda Society uh, and the crucial role that private philanthropists uh, and other nonprofit organizations within the Middle East and, and elsewhere really can play in support of initiatives focused on women empowerment uh, and inclusion. Uh, Russia Al-Turki is the CEO of uh, Nahda Society, which is a non-profit organization established in 1963, I believe, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, that's dedicated to women's social and economic empowerment. Uh, this, the stated vision of Nahda Society is for women to be effective partners in the long-term development of Saudi society. And before becoming the organization's CEO, Uh, Russia Turkey shares uh, um, served as the organization's chief uh, product uh, officer, I believe, uh, okay. uh, for more than uh, three years. Uh, under her leadership, Al Nahda obtained its official consultative status uh, from the UN uh, Economic and Social Council, the ECOSOC, uh, in 2019. Uh, it was also appointed by royal decree to lead the uh, Women 20 Uh, summit convened during the kingdom's uh, recent uh, G20 presidency. Uh, and outside of her work with Al-Nahda, Russia was appointed in 2016 to the board of trustees of the Saudi Arabia Human Rights Commission. And she's also a founding board member of Cell A Plus, a women's professional network aimed at empowering professional women uh, in Saudi Arabia. Dear Russia, uh, I'd like to begin with Al-Nahda Society, which uh, is an organization really with a fascinating history and an increasingly important role to play in the evolution of Saudi society. For those uh, viewers and listeners uh, that are not familiar with it, could you begin by explaining what Al-Nahda Society is and how it goes about fulfilling its mission? Okay, thank you. Thank you uh, for the introduction and thank you for the invitation to speak. Um, and Nahda, as you mentioned, uh, was uh, established in the early 1960s. Uh, it's the oldest organization in Riyadh and one of the two oldest organizations uh, in Saudi Arabia. Uh, interestingly enough, the uh, earliest uh, nonprofit organizations in Saudi Arabia were all established and run by women. Uh, and it has been uh, a field in which women have been able to really flourish and to uh, develop both the field and themselves. Um, as you mentioned, uh, we have always focused on making sure that women have a role and have impact on the development of their country and our true partners. Uh, how we have done so has changed over time uh, according to uh, women's unmet needs, according to local legislation, according to um, you know, uh, capabilities, both financial and human. Uh, and so really, um, The, the, the dedication has always been to the cause uh, and less necessarily to the programming. Um, the programming is only a tool. Uh, the project is only a tool. Uh, the end goal is what we all work towards. And therefore, it, it's important. To, I always say we have to remain nimble. We have to remain dynamic uh, and not get stuck in our ways, but rather try to always see uh, you know, uh, better ways of achieving the end goal. Uh, currently, where our focus is purely on women's socioeconomic empowerment, uh, we do so in three ways. 
uh, we have our historic uh, um, programs that we or field that we have worked in since the beginning and which is usually associated with nonprofit or let's say charitable organizations. And that is the, our development uh, programming. Uh, and also we work in research and in advocacy. Uh, with our development programming, we focus on looking at developing um, uh, on a grassroots level, in a, hol in a holistic fashion, um, female-headed households. Um, and it's our, belie it's our belief that if you solve for the less fortunate, who don't have the financial means to solve their issues, if you, if you solve for their systemic problems, if you solve for their development problems and you find solutions for them, then you are finding solutions uh, for women on all levels. Um, some women might be able to afford to get out of certain uh, issues or problems uh, because they're able to pay for a lawyer or pay for a teacher or pay for something like that. But for those who don't have that, uh, then how is the system working for them? And how are they able to develop themselves and their families? And so um, that's what we do with regards to uh, development programming. And we, fo we focus mostly on social and financial support, skill building, and on employment readiness, and uh, mostly college and career counseling for the younger generation. Our aim is to break the cycle of poverty in, in order to make sure that it's not inherited from one generation to another. With regards to research, uh, research we look both at, uh, you know, um, uh, monitoring and evaluating our programs, improving our programs based on that. But then we also see research as a tool. We create original research as a tool for our third um, for increasing the body of knowledge, which is very uh, sparse in the field, especially in, in Saudi Arabia, but then also to work as a tool for our advocacy. Um, we have worked in advocacy for a very long time from the beginning, uh, but um, uh, we didn't work in it in such a, in a clear fashion, in the sense that we work in advocacy. You're just like, oh, no, please help this person or that person. But now we're really focusing it more in a, in a systematic way uh, with goals uh, and with uh, armed with research uh, so that it's evidence-based and not just feelings-based. <laughs> Uh, and so working all those three together, all those field, three fields together, we hope will push the cause forward and will lead to more um, systemic change in the future. Now, I like how you've um, identified those three tracks as really as tools, as you said, the sort of program work, the research work, as well as, of course, uh, the advocacy work all towards that, that uh, central mission that, that you referred to. How would you describe uh, the current state of uh, the nonprofit landscape uh, in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia or, or even the Gulf region uh, more broadly? How is it changing? And what advice uh, would you give to individuals that might be interested in engaging in philanthropy or nonprofit work in the region, either on their own or in collaboration with the organizations like your own? Um First, I think it's changing. Uh, I'll speak mostly to Saudi Arabia because that's my experience, but I wouldn't be surprised if the rest of the Gulf is experiencing similar uh, changes. I think it's definitely maturing. Uh, I think uh, it's maturing in the sense that in, in many ways, but let's say for one way, uh, I think that 
um, it's growing in size. The number uh, has been increasing and, uh, and with that comes competition, with competition comes growth and so forth. Uh, as well as um, there is, it's come from above and below. So I think with Vision 2030, there is an extreme push to, there is an appreciation of the nonprofit sector and there has been a push for it to be more productive and for it to, <clears throat> to uh, increasingly assist in the country's development. Uh, I think also uh, new, um, it used to be that only, uh, you can only get licenses as a jam'iya or an organization such as ours, um, a society model uh, under the Ministry of Social Development. But now there are new forms and new ways in which the nonprofit sector can uh, develop. And that's in um, another form uh, called, uh, which is endowed companies or sharikat waqfiya. And that's something very new. And I think it's opened up um, a new way for both or people wanting to work within the nonprofit sector, but even more so for philanthropists. Uh, it's a new way for them to set up um, organizations that will fulfill and achieve their philanthropic goals. Um, uh, sort of creating an endowment and then creating the uh, company which will uh, fulfill those objectives. And so I think this opening up gives more options uh, to people, which will, that has encouraged a lot of people to enter the field. I know that some people who worked uh, in companies and considered it a nonprofit, but didn't have a, a, a model or didn't have a structure with which to establish it as a nonprofit, were just telling everybody that we are nonprofit, but they didn't have the actual licensing. So now with this, there are organizations or companies that have moved to this and have created endowments and then set it up as um, endowed companies, which in other areas are just called nonprofit companies or organizations. And so uh, this has been a, a real boost to the, to the sector. Um, I think also uh, there has been um, a shift um, also in funds, also from generation to generation. And I'm finding that the new generation um, um, of those who have inherited um, large sums of money uh, are preferring to go the endowment route, are preferring to professionalize their giving, to systematize their giving, uh, and to make sure that they are working towards very clear goals that are important to them and that, and that they value. Um, I'm also finding that uh, there is a general, uh, in addition to just uh, uh, Islamic um, um, responsibility of paying the zakat, there is more of an understanding of the need for social uh, uh, impact, the need for people to participate within their society and to give to their society, whether that be in time or money. Uh, and I think also the ESG requirements for the listed companies is also really uh, affecting and boosting uh, the, the sector and, and uh, bringing in new people who might not have been uh, as active in the, in the past. So I think all of these changes within society, changes within the structure are all working towards um, um, strengthening and maturing the, the, the sector. My advice for people who would want to invest in this, I think is uh, advice for people who would want to invest in anything really and in any region. Get to, uh, 
choose the people, get to know the people who share your values. What are your values? What do you want to achieve? And find those people. And it's not just values where, oh, I just want to work on women or I want to work on the handicapped. No, they also have to share your values in life and share your values in sort of business values, so to speak, because in the end, it's, it's a business as well. When it becomes an organization, it becomes a business and you have to treat it that way. And so uh, I like uh, the name of the series as the business of philanthropy. Um, and I think not to treat it as a business is to underestimate uh, its importance. Um, so I think really it's, it's shared values uh, and shared um, goals and also um, important, it's important with regards to Saudi Arabia in particular, it's important to look at the ratings of the organizations. The government does give governance ratings to different nonprofits. And I think checking those out uh, is a good first uh, step to uh, it's Makin, which is the um, rating. And so I think that's a good first step for people who want to at least work with other organizations. That's great. All great advice. Thank you. And uh, talking about the trends uh, from what you've said and also from what I experience uh, in, in, in other parts of the region, um, all positive, really, trends and shifts. Uh, so all going in the right direction, uh, inshallah. Um, what, in your opinion, is the most uh, useful role that uh, private philanthropists can play in support of women's social and economic participation, whether that's in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia specifically or elsewhere uh, in the region? Um, it's obviously not something that can be addressed with money alone. Uh, so how can strategic philanthropists maximize their chances of making a meaningful impact in this space? I think there's two ways. Um, uh, I would say that one of the first ways doesn't require any money, and that's influence. No matter what your circle of influence is, whether it be small or whether it be large, whether it be you know, on the level of states or on the level of your family, everybody has influence. And I think if you work within your circles of influence to push the 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 message forward to push the cause, uh, I think that's uh, very important to make sure that even within your own organization that women are represented on every level. Um, I think, although it will not ensure it, it will go a long way to making to to uh, achieving that goal. And so I think just being aware of your own surroundings and what happens within your own surroundings um, is important. Now to the other subject of money, money is important. Money, unfortunately, is extremely important. Um, and it's what uh, helps empower organizations and without proper funding, uh, organizations cannot get proper um, staff, cannot get proper leadership. Uh, and uh, uh, this has become more and more acute for us in Saudi Arabia before there weren't that many options for women. And so uh, Nahda was always one of the first places that women uh, started their, their career and um, started their journey. And so we, were, we had the best of the best. Uh, women are now uh, highly prized uh, employees everywhere. And so we have to pay. We have to pay to get good uh, female uh, leadership. Uh, and so money does help. I think 
from a from a investor's perspective, I would highly uh, recommend to investors and and beseech them, I should say, to invest in the organization itself, to invest in those things that most people don't want to invest in. People, for example, we um, uh, people like to give us their zakat because we're professional, we're organized, we have a system, but then they don't want to pay for everything else that goes. They don't want to pay for the computer systems. They don't want to pay for our CRM systems. They don't want to pay for the social workers who have to actually find out if they if these people you know should get the benefit from their zakat. And so it's really really important. Like any company, it's really important to invest in the people who are running the organizations in the systems and that's the only way you're going to get the kind of reporting that you as an investor want that's the only way you're going to be able to know what's going on in the organization because they will have the proper monitoring and reporting and assessment that is required by a savvy investor absolutely um uh, it's well known that uh, al-nahda was founded by uh, and continues to be led of course and run by by women uh, including of course yourself as its ceo to what extent do you think that the philanthropic sector uh, has its own house in order so to speak uh, in terms of gender equity and providing qualified women with meaningful opportunities to pursue their own careers and to fulfill their own potential what advice would you give to young women considering uh, embarking upon a career in the social sector i think there definitely is a role for for women in the social sector traditionally until 5 years ago no we were very separated and any women that were in gender mixed organizations were in a sort of a, a bubble on their own and they never really reached leadership positions but i think that now uh, again with the transfer of inheritance and and great funds as well as with the opening up of um organize or, or the opening up of Saudi Arabia to mixed gender working environments i think there's a very strong role for women uh, i think there's a strong role both as on the board members and leaders and investors in the in the field uh, as well as uh, people actually professionals working in the field and um, i think the the thing that we need to understand is that the nonprofit sector is a sector that you can come in and out of that you can bring skill sets from other uh, work experiences into the sector and really be able to benefit them and then you can move out this is a this is something that i think we still need to work on in the in the in saudi arabia and maybe in the gulf is that is this concept of moving from one sector to another taking the skill sets that you have from one sector to another to enrich whatever environment you decide to choose to work in and as we begin to emerge from the depths of the covid-19 pandemic what issues do you think uh, strategic philanthropists from the middle east uh, and north africa region and also around the world should be turning their attention to Uh, and why uh, and where do you think uh, the greatest opportunities will be for philanthropists uh, and non-profit organizations uh, and impact entrepreneurs to make the most meaningful impact in the years ahead uh so this is you know what's the solution to all our woes um i think that um uh, really investing in educating for a creative mindset right creative mindset on every single level a creative mindset uh, among those running organizations among those benefiting from organizations uh, the programming itself um, i i think sort of pushing ourselves out of i mean saudi arabia is 
now very used to this, is pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone, thinking in a different way, um, coming up with creative solutions. And I think investing, this is not necessary, this doesn't come necessarily by, by you know, it's not a, a natural instinct among many. And I think some, some people need to be pushed, they need to be taught, they need to be given the correct environment in which they can uh, push themselves forward. We've seen this with our beneficiaries. And sometimes when you, when you give them the basic knowledge, the basic tools, and inspire them by stories of others and experiences of others or best practices other, other places, they are able to come up with the best solutions for themselves. And so really empowering that kind of thinking, empowering that kind of um, breaking the mold type thing. I think that's where more investment needs to happen on every level. That's gr great advice. Russia, you really are a role model and uh, the work that you do uh, is so essential, not just uh, for, from a social perspective, but also from, from an economic resilience perspective of, of our beloved region. Uh, it's been too long since we met in person, and I uh, very much look forward to doing so again uh, in the near future uh, and to exploring more ways to uh, collaborate uh, in the years to come, inshallah. Thank inshallah. you again. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs>